Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and the author of the Influential Parenting Program that helps parents target the heart by going after the root of the issue rather than whacking away on the surface. I'm also the author of Going, Going, Gone, a great book that looks into why kids are leaving the faith. Today, we're going to be beginning a really important series that will help parents understand their kids in regards to their faith and how we can talk with them about God in a manner that will draw them in as opposed to push them away. This series is entitled, The Jesus Your Kids Will Follow. And the reason this series is so strong on my heart is that I'm often in situations where I'm talking with kids who are walking away from their faith, who tell me this is my parents' faith, not my faith, or who have already departed the faith and are leading very different lives in college. And of course, none of us desire this outcome as parents, but with 70 to 80, maybe 90% of kids departing their faith through high school and college, we've got to stop and look at the Jesus our kids will actually follow. And what's encouraging to me is I believe the Jesus in the Bible actually will connect at a deeper level with this generation of youth and kids than it did with the more modern previous generations, and definitely more than it did with my generation. Jesus we see in the New Testament is perfectly aligned to deeply connect with the kids of today, but we've got to take a look at this Jesus and then learn how to communicate about this Jesus with our kids. And that's why I'm so excited about this series, The Jesus Your Kids Will Follow. To give an example of why I feel that this series is so important, I want to share a story about a family I worked with in one of our family camps. Their son came to family camp really hesitant because he had walked away from the faith, walked away from the church when he headed out of the home and off to college. At the outset of our six-hour session together, he stated that he didn't want to talk about God, and I honored that request which is why I was so surprised in the last hour of our time when he began asking me some really deep, challenging questions about God. Our time together and the way I'd been helping him look at his past and his journey, the places of pain, his core values, had left him feeling safe, understood, heard, and definitely not judged, which is why I believe he began to ask some really hard questions about God with me. Questions like, is God cruel or is he loving? Why would such a loving God allow these horrible things to happen? There were lots of really good questions he asked in our last hour together. As I answered his questions, you could see things begin to really churn in his mind, and you could see an openness begin to develop behind his eyes. And after answering all of his questions, he made this statement to me. You know, Jeff, the way you talk about God, it makes so much more sense, and I think this is a God I may actually be able to follow. 
It was at that point that I decided to give him a Christian song to listen to related to healing his heart. It's the song by Danny Gokey, Tell Your Hearts to Beat Again. And as I told him why the song was the theme song for our ministry, Revive Family, he immediately looked it up and found it online. In our six hours together, and really just one hour of answering his questions, he had opened his mind enough, his heart enough, to be willing to listen to the song. I was really excited to talk to him the next morning just to see if he'd actually listen to the song. And what shocked me was he had listened to the song 20 to 30 times, and he had broken down crying many of those times, beginning to open his heart and pursuing grieving and healing in his life. Later that day, when we debriefed with his parents and he opened up about a lot of the things he had gotten involved in in college, which were really hard for him to admit and share with his parents, he ended up making a comment that I had no idea he was going to make. He said, you know, the way Jeff talks about God and the God that he follows is a God I think I can follow. But mom and dad, I can't follow your God. What's so sad about that statement is they're one and the same God. Of course, their son's statement struck the parents really hard, and that led to a really long conversation with them later that evening about Jesus and about the God that I had described to their son, a God that they fully knew and understood. They just had no idea how their communication and their approach to parenting their son was impacting their son and what it was communicating about God to their son. As parents, none of us want this outcome with our kids, and that's why we're going to be spending six weeks talking about the Jesus your kids will follow. As we take this journey together, I'm going to do my best to help you see and understand what I've come to understand from talking to 4,000 kids so that you can see what they're thinking, where they're coming from, why they have the perspectives they have, and why those perspectives will connect with the Jesus of the Bible, I think more than they ever did with my generation. Along this path, we'll come to see different elements of Jesus and how he touched the lives of the people around him that will really connect with our kids and help them see Jesus in an amazingly positive light that will draw them in like it did with the kid I was with last summer, who in one day and really in one hour went from having tuned God out completely and ruled him out of his life to letting him back in to the point of listening to a Christian song 20 times and then making that shockingly stark statement to his parents the next day. Before we dive in, I'd like to ask for your help. It is my desire to take the content from this radio program and turn it into a book with more detail and more specifics on how to really interact with your kids around the Jesus the way that I have found in all these coaching sessions are seeing kids that have walked away, turn around, and come back to the Lord. And one thing I know for certain, the best way to write a really good book is to get a lot of feedback from people on the content before you actually sit down to write it. You want to hear their questions, their doubts, the challenges they're facing in talking with their kids about God so that your content is rounded and really dialed in to meet parents where they're at. That's why I'm going to ask you to please email me at jeff at revivefamily.com if you have questions, you have ideas, you have specific challenges with communicating 
with your kids about God in a way that they're understanding, accepting, and excited about. If I get those comments early in the series, I'll actually build some of it in to the radio series itself as it goes along. This would be a great help as we take this journey together, can get some of your questions answered and help me refine the entire thought process for the book. So thanks in advance for reaching out and commenting, asking questions, and sharing the challenges you're having with me at jeff at revivefamily.com. As we dive into session one of the series, we're going to be looking at the way Jesus' love will connect with this generation of kids. Beginning with the millennial generation and the generations that followed, there's been a significant shift in their perspective and what they value. These younger generations are less concerned with right and wrong, facts, knowledge, and truth, and much more concerned with caring about everyone. The thought of not accepting someone because of the way they're living their lives or an issue in their life is just simply not acceptable. In fact, with some of the kids I've coached, it's actually painful. They sympathize with the pain of others much more so than the modern generations. Many empathize with the pain of others and don't want to cause pain or see pain caused in others because they themselves are often carrying pain around that they've been unable to handle or process. This is the reason that these younger generations value community and authenticity. They don't want people to have to hide things going on in their lives because many of them have hidden things in the form of the dual life with their parents. And given this experience, they know how that built a wall between them and their parents and led to difficulty in the relationship. And relationship is what they value more than truth or knowledge. And with more modern-minded conservative parents, all of this can seem alarming or troubling and can often lead to challenges in the way we communicate with our kids. Yet it's these very differences between our generation and the generations that have followed from the millennials on down that align these generations so closely with Jesus. The way Jesus loved, the way he approached, and the way he interacted with the people of his time, if talked about as a reality and not a story, can be very compelling for our kids today. Unfortunately, from talking to this generation of kids, what I've found is they've been told Jesus loves you, God loves you many, many times, but the fact that they have not seen that love in action towards people specifically outside of the church causes them to question, doubt, or even misunderstand the way God loves people. In fact, I've found young people that I've talked to that believe God loves people by punishing them. God loves people by trying to control them and keep them from making mistakes. This is a huge issue given that our culture in the U.S., according to all the studies, finds control the most unloving thing someone can do to another person. So if they're sensing that feeling of control in their homes, if they're sensing if they're sensing that they need to participate or buy into a situation that doesn't love and accept someone, it casts a huge pall across Jesus and what he actually did and how he actually loved. You see that the Jesus that kids will follow today is the actual Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible who didn't put sin between him and the people. In fact, he was so loving, so caring, so helping, so healing 
people would seek him out rather than hide things from Jesus. Sinners of all types and varieties would chase him around the lake, 5,000 of them, in fact, when he was trying to get away. They didn't get a sense of judgment or condemnation from Jesus. Instead, they got this wide-open sense of Jesus' love for everyone, no matter what was going on in their lives. And this is exactly what the our kids, young people, and young adults today are desiring to see in our lives in our homes, and in our churches. And this is where it can get really challenging for us as parents. We feel it's our job to protect our kids and therefore try and head things off at the pass, try and intervene when they're hanging around with people that we question their influence in their lives. But when we do this, it does not look like Jesus to them. It does not look like the love and accepting Jesus. And when they see that in us, their parents, they conclude they tend to transfer what they see in us to God, and they begin to view God through those eyes. And then they no longer understand the statements that they've heard over and over again that Jesus loves people, that God is love. It no longer computes. The Jesus our kids will follow, the churches that our kids will follow, the parents that our kids will follow will be those that love like the actual Jesus, who would step into situations that would label him, like talking to the Samaritan woman, or step into situations that would raise eyebrows, like protecting the adulterous woman, could cause people to judge him, like hanging out with the tax collectors. This is exactly what I see in the heart's desire of the kids of today, yet when they don't see it in their homes, they don't see it in their churches, and in fact, they see things that seem to be exactly the opposite of that, it deeply undermines their desire to follow the Lord. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with this series, The Jesus Our Kids Will Follow, on Revive Families Connecting Hearts. Thanks for joining us today. Many parents today fear the impact that society, social media in particular, is having on their kids. Researcher, counselor, and parenting coach Jeff Schott offers a better way to lead your kid and give you more influence than YouTube, Snapshot, or video games. Through research with 3,500 kids, Jeff developed a new way of parenting that's working for thousands of families. The program is called Influential Parenting. Get it today at revivefamily.com radio. Bring your kid's heart to life and peace to your home. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott the founder of Revive Family and the author of the Influential Parenting Program that you can get online at our site at revivefamily.com. Today we're talking about this topic, the Jesus our kids will follow, and we're talking about the way Jesus loved. He loved with open arms. He did not let what was going on in the lives of the people around him Get in the way of loving them, accepting them, caring for them, healing them. He wanted to touch their hearts such that they desired to want to see change in their lives. In fact, Jesus' definition of love is given in his last teaching time right before he goes to the garden, is arrested, and then put to death on the cross. And he says, this is my command, love one another. The one who loves lays down his life for his friends. It is this very definition of love that will speak volumes to our kids if they see it 
spoken of, talked about in real terms, and lived out in our homes. And yet this is where it gets so challenging for us as parents. As we talked about at the end of the last session, as parents, we see it as our role to protect our kids from harm, from making bad decisions. And in this, we will often be concerned about the people they are hanging out with, the people that they want to befriend. And many parents will try and put in roadblocks or discourage relationships that seem risky or dangerous to them, which makes sense and I totally understand, but goes against everything this generation of kids naturally feels. Going back to the beginning of the program, we talked about how this generation wants to love and accept everyone, that they identify with other people's pain, and they don't want to be the source or cause of pain at all. And so the thought of avoiding someone or not befriending someone who's got an issue in their life, who seems risky to their parents, seems very, very unloving and even judgmental because they will empathize, put themselves in that person's position, and in that position feel excluded, potentially feel judged, and definitely not feel loved and accepted. I can't tell you how many times I've talked with kids and parents where their friends and who they were hanging out with was causing massive conflict between them, and in every single one of those cases, the kids were walking away from the faith, doubting God's love, doubting God's compassion, and feeling very unloved and untrusted by their parents. So this is the conflict ground that stands between parents who believe in God and believe that God loves them and believe that God loves everyone, and their kids who want to reach out, who want to be friends with people that concern us or worry us and we're fearful of their influence. And what I've found in talking with these kids and these parents is that in every situation, the parents struggled to believe that their kids would make good decisions and could withstand the influence of these friends. On the flip side, talking to the kids, they didn't feel trusted, they didn't feel believed in, and as a result, they weren't feeling loved themselves, which I found made them much more vulnerable to the influence of the friends. Where by contrast, parents who tended to live more like Jesus, parents who wanted to serve, wanted to reach, wanted to accept, wanted to befriend people of different positions, different values, and who sought to serve them and love them to, to have a platform in their lives, and who also extended belief and trust to their kids so that their kids were feeling loved and accepted at home, and they felt uh, empowered and believed in to be able to build relationships with people outside of the kingdom of God, those kids were stronger. They withstood temptation. They didn't fall prey to the influence because they were feeling loved and empowered at home. They were fulfilling what's naturally on these younger generations' hearts to love and accept people. When we step in and try and prevent that, it seems very judgmental very not loving, and it causes them to wonder if the Bible's true. So if this is the case, how do we handle talking with our kids about God? 
And this is one of my favorite things to do with the kids. When we're running into different situations, when we see kids who are struggling because we work with a ton of them, we're constantly talking about how Jesus would reach out to them, how he would love them, how he would try and help them move in a healthier direction because they see the pain the kids are in. They want them to have a better life. And so they're ready to jump on board to join in this effort to help struggling kids. My oldest daughter, Heather, befriended a girl named Amy, whose parents were pretty uninvolved in her life. And she was constantly out befriending other people, oftentimes to get things she needed. And Amy had a pretty wild streak to her, but that didn't rub off on Heather. Heather did not jump in with Amy. Rather, Heather was joining us in loving on this hurting girl who needed hope, who needed direction, and we got her involved. We took her to a Christian family camp. We got her involved in the youth group. That youth group, she ended up calling her own youth group, and we even would bake birthday cakes and hold birthday parties for Amy to help her feel loved and accepted, which spoke volumes to my daughter about God's love, about Jesus's love, because we would talk to her about how Jesus loved the unlovable, how Jesus loved the people that were struggling and making poor decisions. Heather saw those poor decisions, and because we loved and accepted them, and we were trying to help them, she joined in the mission and thus wasn't influenced by what they were doing. This is the Jesus we need to be talking about with our kids. We need to talk about how Jesus took the disciples into one situation after another that their brains would say, we can't do this. We can't talk to the Samaritan woman. We can't defend the adulterous woman. The the law says for her to be stoned. And then they would see how the people responded to Jesus as he healed them, as as the people sought him out and sought his wisdom, his love, his care and compassion. It's these types of things that we talked about with our kids, and as a result, they adopted a different view of Jesus and of themselves. They didn't see us as the restrictive, controlling parents who tried to prevent them from being involved in the world. Rather, they saw the care and love that we wanted to extend, and they joined us in the mission. So talking about Jesus, the actual things he did, And how he was taking a risk by trusting his disciples in this situation and showing them how the disciples responded and stood up and how they were in one tempting situation after another and didn't fall actually built confidence into our kids to venture into areas and things and not compromise that so few kids in the church seem to have today. They were around kids that did drugs. They were around all these different situations, but did not compromise themselves. Just last year, my son came to us and said, what do I do? My friend wants me to piss in a cup for him so he can pass his parents' drug test. These are the types of things that happen when our kids understand the real Jesus and how he loves everyone with open arms, how he sought to help them, care for them, feed them, heal them, all in hopes of helping them see the love and care that God has so that they would have the confidence in themselves to turn and make better decisions and not encounter so much challenge, hurt, and pain in their lives.
I find it's when I'm talking to kids that I'm coaching who are considering are departing or have already left the church, it's when I'm talking about this Jesus with them that their eyes light up and go, really? God loves everyone. God reaches out to everyone. God wants to help and heal everyone. And I share the different examples of how he did that. And while I'm sure they've heard those stories growing up, maybe they were just stories, or maybe the fact that they didn't see it at work in the church or in their homes kept them from comprehending it. Satan has a veil that he can throw over our kids' eyes. If they're not seeing it at work in our lives, in our churches, in the way we reach out, then they begin to wonder if Jesus' love is real. Our kids are a generation of love, care, compassion, concern from community, the ability to be authentic and be open and honest. And oftentimes, unfortunately, when we're fearful of what our kids will do and the mistakes they could make and how they could get off track, we go down the road of doing the opposite of where we want to protect them, control them, manage them, track them, all of this causing them to be frustrated, hurt, distant from us emotionally, which makes them more vulnerable to falling prey to those influences. If we'll live out the love of Jesus, if we'll talk about the true stories of how he took the disciples into tempting situations and how the disciples responded, we can build kids that will join Jesus in his mission to love the world. Thank you for joining me for this series, The Jesus Our Kids Will Follow. We hope this has been beneficial to you. We have five more sessions coming in this series that will challenge us to live and love like Jesus so that our kids see Jesus at work in our homes and they come to join Jesus in the mission of loving the world with open arms. Thank you for joining us for Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott. We'll be back next week with session two of The Jesus Our Kids Will Follow. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.